Hey everyone, what a fantastic day for a podcast. Sometimes I have my favorite stories about history, and this is one. And I'll start out by saying, Boston Tea Party, Boston Schmee Party. Because here in Savannah, Georgia in 1775, Andrew Elton Wells led a group of Liberty Boys, and they had a sweeter party. Around here we call it the Savannah Sugar Party. This guy, Wells, followed the lead of his brother-in-law who had thrown his own party two years earlier. That was, of course, Samuel Adams, who hosted the famous Boston Tea Party. And what a great legacy. A family that likes to party, especially at the expense of the British king. But first, I'm J.D. Bias. Welcome to History by GPS, where you travel through history and culture, GPS location by GPS location. You can find today's position, along with other sites mentioned in this episode, at historybygps.com. That way, you can follow along on your favorite map app. Okay, today we travel to the edge of Savannah's Trustee's Garden near the east end of East River Street, where the GPS coordinates are 32.079459 degrees by negative 81.083386 degrees. Now, as I said, Liberty Boy Andrew Elton Wells was the brother-in-law of Boston Liberty Boy and malt house owner Samuel Adams. Wells was also a good friend with a guy named John Hancock, who, as you'll remember, was the notable signer of the Declaration of Independence. If you've seen a copy of the paper, His name is the largest, right up there at the top and in the center of the document's list of those who supported the American cause. And his rather large signature was a cursive thumb on the nose at King George III of England. Wells, Adams, and Hancock were all members of the revolutionary organization the Sons of Liberty, which was a clandestine political society before the American Revolution. It dedicated itself to upholding the rights of American colonists, who, by the way, at the time were British citizens. And Wells' family was in the thick of things. His father, Francis, gave shelter to Adams and Hancock when the politically heated climate in Boston forced the two men to hot-footed out of town. Right at the same time, other patriots fired the first shots of the revolution on the green at Lexington, and on the old North Bridge at Concord, Massachusetts. Now, Andrew Elton Wells was a former sea captain who had settled in Savannah, and he had become a prosperous merchant who owned the only rum distillery in town. It was located at the base of the old river bluff next to East Broad Street Ramp, and those are the coordinates I just gave you. You have to understand... Sugar was a necessity and an absolute for making spirited beverages. Wells' problem was that he refused to pay what he called the illegal customs tax. And in doing so, he directly defied the orders of Georgia's royal governor, James Wright. The result was the governor seized the contraband sugar and molasses. Now, part of the sweet stash had been loaded onto a British ship at the dock while more was impounded inside Wells' warehouse that was connected to it. Over the years, the area where the dock stood was filled in with dirt, 
so today the water's edge is about 40 yards to the north. When you go to the spot, you'll be standing on dry land, and you'll have to watch out for traffic because River Street runs directly over the spot. Now, as I said, the saccharine cargo in question was destined for Wells' distiller pot. But British Lieutenant William Grant, the commanding officer of the schooner HMS St. John, ordered two sailors to confiscate and guard the supplies. With that, Wells' booze business was doomed to drip to a halt. His protest wasn't just for the cause of liberty. It was for the freedom to do business without harassment by a government, something that today we find not that unusual. What the governor's order did was inspire angry, thirsty Liberty Boys to liberate the barrels of euphoria-inducing granules and haul them away. And what Liberty Boy didn't like to drink? Remember, these guys used to hang out in taverns as they plotted the new nation. Well, after dark, the Liberty Boys darkened their faces with soot, marched to the wharf, and onto the schooner St. John, which had about eight cannons and only two men who probably didn't know how to fire the cannons anyway. A London paper later reported that on that night, February 15, 1775, a disguised and armed party attacked the wharf, threw the guards in the river, and then tarred and feathered the customs official who was in charge of the barrels. They gave him a painful and tickly suit to wear home, and then the group carried off the hogsheads of sugar. Okay, a hogshead to explain, is a liquid measurement equal to about 63 gallons. That would be, carry them on, 238 liters uh, to those who don't speak imperial measurement lingo. However, I always love to mention a much larger measurement, which is the buttload. As in, I drank a buttload of beer last night. See, a buttload is a barrel that contains 126 to 130 gallons of beer or wine, depending on whom you talk to. Whichever you use, it's twice the amount of liquid that makes up a hogshead. It comes from the Italian word bot, which means barrel, I'm told. I guess like bottle. And I can tell you, not even Liberty Boys, who were always tired and thirsty from throwing things and people in the water, could drink a whole buttload of beer. Now, if you find that interesting, you'll love to hear that two buttloads make a ton. T-U-N. And that's even more beer. Root beer, of course. Uh, this is a family show. One report said eight hogs head of molasses and six filled with French sugar disappeared in the night. So in reality, they took a buttload and a lot more. One report claims that one of the guards who was thrown off the boat drowned. I'm not sure if that's true. Anyway, Governor Wright was enraged over this, and he offered a 50-pound reward for the names of the culprits as well as a pardon to anyone who would turn state's evidence. There were no takers, and the contraband location was never revealed. Most citizens probably didn't even know that it happened. Only 100 yards away, the soldiers in the fort at the top of the bluff didn't hear the attack, so they could not deter the stealthy rebels. To explain, 
The political beliefs of the Sons of Liberty were not held by the majority of citizens in Georgia, but the dogged, unrelenting determination of this group would bind those of like mind into a major force against British rule. Hey, I forgot to tell everyone about our books and merchandise, the products that help support this channel. You can find them at History by GPS and on Amazon by typing in J.D. Bias, that's B-Y-O-U-S, in the book category. So, back to our story. The Savannah Sugar Party wasn't unique. Several cities had tea and sugar parties, including Charleston, Philadelphia, and New York. People from all over the colonies were ticked off over taxation because they had no representative voice to oppose the laws. There was no one in British Parliament to speak for them. As a result, in combination with other British practices and British military leaders, the American Revolution took off, and we all know the final result. Through the actions taken by Wells and other Liberty Boys along the eastern seaboard, we now live in a nation where people from around the world risk their lives just for a chance to join us. This may not be a perfect place, but it's a heck of a lot better than any place else on the globe. Just ask the people clamoring to get in. As for Wells Sugar Party, that was many years ago. Today, the closest thing we have to Andrew Wells Sugar Party are sweet drinks at the bar at the hotel that now occupies the site of the old artillery wharf. I think it's time to have a party. So raise your glasses and toast the guys who changed the world and gave the little guy a chance to succeed. I think they had a good idea. So, if you didn't already know this story, now you know. Remember to follow the podcast so you'll be notified when new episodes come out and go to the website for more information. See you next time. Bye.